That's the that's the problem when I wear headphones. I can't actually hear how loud I'm yelling your the your epidemic has started though, I'll tell you that. I was leaving uh the or I was entering the Baltimore train station a couple days ago and I was walking in and there was a kid with his girlfriend, I guess, standing outside, like right before you get into the train station area. And I could tell that he recognized me because he was like looking at me from far away and then he just like didn't really take his eyes off me. And then when I got close, he was uh he was like really excited. He was like, A big dog's gotta eat and I was like, Yeah, and he and he and he tried to yell your to me, but it didn't come out like your it wasn't like your it was like Gah! I was like, that's not how you know when you see people throwing out the Y U R R R's, it's it's not how it's done, all right? So if you see me in the streets, you come correct. You hit it with that that lower D voice tone. You know what I'm saying? Don't scare me. Like you can't just like yell in my face. I was like, fam, are we, I thought we were just going to have to throw down for a second. It's week seven. Y'all about to throw down with me if I don't shut the fuck up and start talking. This is the weekly recap. We do this every single Monday. You might be asking why I'm wearing headphones. I'm not really sure. I just felt like it was the right move. It was just something telling me to dial in. This is how I feel dial in. I feel protected. I closed the windows for the first time, probably all football season right now. So I'm like really in my man cave right now. These are to protect me from the haters. I got JMO out there. I got Tony somewhere maybe out there now. Got a lot of hating happening right now. These are the hater protectors. I can't hear nobody. I can't see nobody. We got blinders on. We're going game by game, recapping everything that happened in the NFL yesterday. Yesterday been a long ass weekend for some reason i thought the games were not played yesterday they were played yesterday we're going through every single game there were six teams on by so this is going to be probably a little bit shorter than usual but that's fine we're not about quantity we're about quality here and this shit right here is about as high quality as you're going to find because underdogs got you with a 0.5 total yard square brock purdy has a single yard tonight you take a dub they also have a LeBron James free square tomorrow night, and they will have another square for Thursday night football and then Sunday night football and then every single day. No matter when you sign up for underdog, they've got you with a free square. So you get on there and you up your win percentage stat. You up your win percentage immediately, okay? Brock Purdy, go hit underdog, underdogfantasy.com, or download the app. The link is in the description. First thing you could download right now, use our code, BDGE, BDGE. Also, these shirts are available for sale on BDGE.shop. But use Underdog, use code BDGE, and they're going to double whatever you put down. So you double your deposit and then you double your money again because they give you the free square. And let's talk some football. How's everybody doing? We got people piling in. We get fucking dialing, people. Dialing. We got 300 people in here with 24 thumbs up. Grow up. Let's just hang out for a little bit before we get into the games. Let people pile in. Feeling energized today. Also want to throw this out because I realize I haven't promoted it on YouTube and you guys are kind of probably like my most loyal fan base. Uh, we are hiring for two positions right now in BDGE internally. Uh, they're two kind of different positions. They're two probably a little bit more creative positions. So if you don't care, you know, if you're listening to this after the fact, after the live stream and you're just like, just get to the games, quit your fucking yapping. Just skip ahead. Just, just, just skip ahead. I'll do, um, actually, no, you're not gonna be able to see that anyways. Uh, but we're hiring for two positions right now. They are 
part-time for now. They're part-time, so if you're young enough, we can call them interns. If you're older than uh, the intern level, we could just call them part-time jobs. So job number one and the application to fill these out uh, will be closed by the end of this week. We already have a decently high number of apps, so we probably need to cut it off soon. Uh, job number one is someone, I guess you could call it a videographer or a sim- cinematographer, cinema, 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 cinematographer, someone that's in the office capturing the behind the scenes at all times. So someone that's versed in camera work, you don't necessarily need to be like an expert. Uh, I wouldn't even say you need to be like intermediate necessarily, but you have a decently well versed understanding of using cameras. We have a ton of Sony equipment in here. So you're going to be in charge of capturing everything for vlogs, documenting, uh, interviewing all the BDGE employees, and just making a lot of very, very cool content about what's going on here and just capturing the business behind the scenes, as well as um, what else? Making a weekly vlog on that content. So that is number one. If you understand camera work, you will be needed in the office at least once per week. So if you cannot get to Manhattan on your own, if you cannot get to the office, it's every Friday for a full day of work there. And it will be a little bit fluid outside of that. You won't be required, I think, to be in the office for any more days than that, but might be a little bit fluid. Uh, Number two, Jack, Jack Settlement and I do a podcast every week called The Big Content or Big Content, where we talk about the creator economy. We talk about media. We talk about uh, social media. We talk about you know just being a creator and and trying to help people become full time creators. It's called Big Content. If you want to check that out, we'll link that down below as well. We are hiring a producer for that podcast specifically, so someone that will be in office uh, behind the scenes, like watching as the show gets made. Someone who will be editing the show. Someone who will be kind of taking notes as the show progresses. So after the fact, we can go back and film little segments that we could use for short form clips as well. Uh, So a lot of like hands-on creative work for that role as well. You don't need to have as much camera experience. Uh, Some social media experience would be good. Editing experience, definitely necessary for show because you will be chopping up clips uh, for you know, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of shit, but you will be doing the long form YouTube video once a week as well. So you will be needed in the office Wednesdays is usually our filming day Wednesdays for like four to five hours. Uh, the rest of that job is remote. Okay. So those two jobs available to anybody that wants to get their foot in the door. This is the way we don't do it often. It usually leads to absolutely golden fucking opportunities for anybody who does get their foot in the door here. But if you are interested We will link the application down below. Sorry, I will need to link it after this live stream is over already because we're in the middle of the live stream. So if you're watching this live right now, the application will not be there, but I will do it first thing after the live stream. So just refresh the video like five, 10 minutes after and the application will be there. I think we're ready to get into the games. Yep. I see people leaving right now. They're like, fuck this shit. We don't, we don't care about your jobs. We don't care about your life. We don't care about your livelihood. Respect. I wouldn't either. Let's jump into the games. All right, so we've got, and also please don't send super chats throughout these streams. I do not answer them. I do not see them. Like I said, I'm dialed in. I'm just trying to focus on the recap for you guys. All right, let's talk about, I don't like how that camera's set up. See, whoever's uh, 
the new camera guy in here will make sure that this doesn't look like shit like that. All right, whatever. Nobody gives a fuck about this. All right, um, Washington and New York. So New York, this was probably the worst game of all time. I, could, I had a lot of friends. I have a lot of Giants fans friends that were at this game, and I feel horribly for them. I don't know if I got to pick the game I would less want to be at. I think one of the biggest takeaways here is the fact that Chris Rodriguez is really starting to get some run here. This was like the least surprising pick ever, Chris Rodriguez. He is just a uh, a pounder, a pounder of a running back, like 230 pounds, shows borderline zero versatility coming out of college. He was like a sixth-round pick for them. I'm not surprised whatsoever that Ron Rivera took him. He's kind of like a less versatile version of Brian Robinson. Uh, Robinson is still getting a lot of the goal line work, but Chris Rodriguez is someone to keep an eye on because Gibson's playing time is starting to dwindle quite a bit. And they're starting to look for other options there. Outside of that, uh, Sam Howell took another six sacks. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this if you listen to any football content up to this point, but he's on pace for about a zillion sacks right now. And it's 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 not good. Some of it's his fault. Some of it's the Lions' fault. Most of it's his fault. So Sam Howell, I still think he's like fine in fantasy in, um, in most matchups. If he's playing elite defense, you probably don't want him in your lineup. But other than that, I mean, realistically, he's been a top, like, 15 fantasy quarterback in, like, five out of the seven weeks so far. So he's been extremely usable. On the flip side, we should get Daniel Jones back, even though Tyrod's playing like a god right now. Um, If you had him in your lineups, you're feeling pretty good about that. Saquon is clearly back to full strength. I think I'll try not to get to every single player, just, like, the key takeaways here. Uh, Waller had a breakout day, but the inconsistency is absolutely coming. Jalen Hyatt is the guy I really want to talk about. So he had five targets, second on the team behind Darren Waller. Five out of 29 attempts, five targets out of 29 attempts is a little bit more than, uh, we're we're talking about like 18 to 21% target share, I want to say, off the top of my dome. It could be very, very wrong. I'm not actually sure. Um, But Hyatt's getting some valuable targets, and he's looked really, really good bringing those balls in, man. I I, kind of feel like it's only a matter of time before he really explodes. He went two for 75, but uh, there are some big games coming out of Hyatt. He feels like a second-half-of-the-year rookie uh, explosion-type player because he's he's quickly becoming like one of the uh, full-time players on the Giants. So Hyatt's a dude I would really, really keep a very close eye on. Uh, we'll talk about him in the waiver wire video tomorrow. So if you are new to the channel, you should subscribe because we will be putting out the waiver wire video tomorrow. And if you are not a big dog member yet, if you're not a member, go over to bdge.co, bdge.co. You become a member. We've got our waiver wire rankings and our weekly rankings that go live tomorrow. We've got a private YouTube Q&A every single Saturday at 2 p.m. to help you with your sit starts. bdge.co, become a member there. Falcons, Tampa made fucking light work of the Buccaneers. Walk away with another win above 500. Something light, something light. Now, let's let's talk about this because we were, I mean, we were clearly the better team. But Desmond Ritter has like six turnovers, I think, over his last two or three games. Fumbled the ball three times inside the red zone. The man just cannot take care of the ball. We are we are so much better than what the end results have been for most of our games. But Ritter continues to, like, make me want to fucking throw up when I watch us. Like, there's no no matter how well-produced a drive we put together, I don't care where we are. Like, until we actually get into the end zone. And this is what I mean. Like, even when you think you're in the end zone, you're not. Drake London gets fucking smushed like a, a tambourine. What's that, what's that uh, instrument that, like, 
you, you squish together. Is it a tambourine? It's, I don't think it's a tambourine. Whatever the fuck. He's like a slinky. He went full slinky mode yesterday at the one-yard line. Desmond, uh, Desmond Ritter gets stripped at the one-yard line. Like, there, there's no safe space for us on the football field. There's no safe. Only when we're on defense. That's when I feel most safe. I'm like, oh, we could win now because we're on fucking defense. That's a sick. That's a sick way to live. I never feel good watching the Falcons because we're never safe until we cross pay dirt and the refs go like that and then they go review the play and then they tell us it's still a touchdown. That's when I feel safe. Everything else makes me sick to my stomach. Speaking of sick to your stomach, Bijan Robinson. Uh, so I think people are really fucking dumb. Like once we got through the first quarter and Bijan didn't have any snaps, I thought it was pretty obvious that something happened pregame. Uh, turns out he had a headache. I'm assuming he was dealing with a migraine. Let's just get over it. He had a migraine. He couldn't play. It is what it is. He'll be back next week. Uh, Algier took over. This is why Algier needs to be owned because in his absence, Algier is going to be a dude who gets, I mean, in this game, he had 20, 24 touches, right? Like this is the type of shit he's going to be on. Uh, the Bucks' run defense is very good, so it's not like we're going to see a lot of efficient running back days against them. But in normal games, if Bijan's hurt, Bijan maybe starts dealing with chronic migraines. I don't fucking know. That would happen to it. The Atlanta Falcons fan base, you son of a bitches. Algier comes in, and he's that he's that dude. Good to see Cordy P back, man. I'm just a big fan of Cordy P. He's one of those players that like uh, couldn't care re- really less about him prior to coming to the Falcons. Then he just he just been so so sexy for us that I'm like an all time Cordell Patterson stand now. I'm all in on Patterson for life. You know, he's got a fan for life. I'll put it that way. He's not anyone I'm really looking at in fantasy, though. Uh, Drake London, uh, I don't know. Leads the team in targets, leads the team in catches, leads the team in yards. Who cares? It was a shit day, but he'll be fine. He's been he's been good since week since week two. Week one, he was shitty, shitty, shitty game. Uh, but since then, London's been, like, really, really one of the only staples of this entire offense. On the flip side, Rashad White continues to be bad. Baker Mayfield had a down performance. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both got it done. Uh, Rashad White's super involved in the passing game, which was good to see. problem with White is, like, not the problem with White. Like, the good thing about White, if you have him in fantasy, is they have, they've been dying to give somebody else touches, and nobody else can do a single thing. Keyshawn Vaughn continues, like, 1.8. I feel like that somehow raised his fucking average on the year. That guy can't do a, a thing on the football field. They just, no matter who they put out there, they're somehow worse than Rashad White. So Rashad White's going to continue to get a shitload of volume because they don't have another choice. Lions, Ravens, this was a shit show. This kind of felt just like a momentum game. You know, it was like whoever really got off to a hot start was going to end up winning the game. It was like they both have their style of play that they want to stick to. The hard nose, ground and pound, like that kind of shit. And uh, Baltimore just got in a rhythm real quick and, and Detroit just had to throw their entire game away. So on the Detroit side of things... Jameer Gibbs got the workhorse role because uh, David Montgomery's obviously out. Jameer Gibbs looked good. I mean, most of his targets and his catches and shit came in uh, the very end of the game, the second half type of stuff when they were down. The Baltimore scored fucking four touchdowns in their first four drives, which is insane. But it put Detroit, you know, it was like the perfect game script for Jameer Gibbs and the passing game over there in Detroit. So good to see Gibbs get his first touchdown. Good to see him be like super involved, obviously. Scored a lot of points for you if you had him in your lineup. This is why you drafted him, though. This is These were the games that like we had some sit-star questions about Gibbs. It's like, of course, if David Montgomery's out, th- these are the games that you literally drafted Gibbs for, for, for situations like this. So as long as Montgomery's out, you continue to start Jameer Gibbs. On the flip side, Lamar... This might have been like his best game ever. This might have been his most mwah, perfect day as a professional football player. He was just unreal all around. 
357 through the air, three touchdowns, added 36 on the ground, and a score. Wild fantasy day, wild real-life day, just pinpointing balls all over the place. Gus Edwards looked great on the ground, 14 for 64. Somehow, this dude caught an 80-yard dump-off. It was like a little route towards the right that he got behind the defenders, and somehow no one can catch his ass. That dude is like, he must, he had to run like a 4-6 maybe at the combine, if that, probably worse. And now he's like seven years older, coming off of AC. Like, he's got to be running a 4-9-40 at this point if you put him at the combine. How the fuck can nobody on the Detroit defense catch his ass? 80 yard. I feel like that 80 yard catch. I actually want to check this out. I want to see what his season high in receiving yards has been in his career up to this point. I can't imagine he's had a year of 80 receiving yards before. His rookie year was 20. His sophomore year was 45. Okay. In 2020, he had 129 receiving yards. Last year, he had zero. So that 80 yard catch was damn near his season high in receiving yards. But good to see him really take over uh, a big role when they were up big. And if Baltimore continues to like get their shit together and stay hot like they have been, Gus is going to continue to be a big part of this offense. So it's good to see, obviously. Zay Flowers continues to get peppered all over the place. Big day for Mark Andrews. Nothing else really to take away from here. Steelers, we had Deontay Johnson back. Grace us on the field. It was good to see George Pickens really get it going while Deontay Johnson was on the field. This is like the best uh, the Steelers' offense has looked in quite a while. We had Harris, Najee get into the end zone. We had Jalen Warren get into the end zone. Uh, neither of them had big yardage days. Most of the time, these are the days that they have typically, and they just don't get into the end zone. So I would look at these numbers here, and I would almost like just take the touchdowns off the board and then say, hey, do I still feel good about this? player being in my lineup and the answer is fucking no but obviously on uh, a week where there's six teams on by you're going to forego uh sitting these guys so i think in my eyes they're both still like rb3 floor plays that'll probably get you seven to eight fantasy points but if they score a touchdown maybe they get you 12 to 14 in that range so i'm still not like really excited about them pickens has come into his own he's looked really 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 good but this is kind of what i expect their offense to be going forward Pickens, eight targets, Deontay Johnson, six. And I think there will be days where they flop. So I feel great about – we had a lot of sit starts about Deontay Johnson on uh, Saturday afternoon as well in the Cune Assault where I was very comfortable starting uh, Deontay Johnson. And I think he's fully back, full strength. He'll continue to get a lot of targets. So I think both of them are – you know, they're attached to Kenny Pickett. Doesn't really uh, throw a lot of touchdowns. They were against the Rams defense, which isn't stellar against the pass. So I think they're both like high-end wide receiver threes right now. That's that's how I look at these guys. On the flip side, now, 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 we got some we got some running back sheesh to talk about. Uh, Zach Evans was like the talk of the town all week, right? And, I mean, we, we weren't high on him. I, I don't think anyone was necessarily like super high on Zach Evans. He just happened to be the guy who was in the game last week. So, um. Most signs pointed towards like, okay, he was the third string. He'll probably get the first crack at it. But as the week went by, I think uh, I was listening to the underdog recap this morning. I think Josh Norris put it pretty simply that like if they felt some type of way about Zach Evans, McVay probably would have just came out at some point during the week and been like, yeah, he's our guy. He's our starter. We're probably going to ride him until maybe someone else gets a hot hand. But he never came out, never said that. Signed Freeman, Darrell Henderson, brought him off the practice squad kind of thing. Like, everything pointed towards the opposite. I don't think anyone really started Zach Evans. Uh, I don't think anyone thought Zach Evans would get zero touches, zero snaps type thing. But 
that that felt like more kind of common sense, just following the flow and the vibes of what was coming out of camp. I did not see these guys combining for 30 carries. So Royce Freeman, 12 for 66 on the ground, 5.5 yards per carry. Darrell Henderson, 18 for 61 on the ground. That's like workhorse-type numbers. Two targets. They're talking about 20 opportunities just off the street, plus a touchdown. So Darrell Henderson's obviously extremely familiar with McVay's offense, and we've seen spurts where Henderson um, has been the guy there. He's never necessarily looked great, but we've seen times where McVay kind of trusts him for like games or two at a time. I don't think he ever trusted him fully. I don't think he thinks he's that good of a player. And I think you can kind of see by the split, 12 to 18 carries, this is probably what we can uh can expect I don't think they want to lean like the fact that they got 30 carries to Stafford's 29 attempts kind of wild to me um so definitely not expecting these types of numbers going forward but I think you do have to look at Darrell Henderson as the 1a with Freeman as the 1b Darrell Henderson probably more utilized in the passing game um Kyron Williams is on the IR so he's going to miss the next I think three games after that assuming he comes back fully healthy immediately after that so Henderson probably going to be one of the top pickups this week on the waiver wire. And their running backs have been really fucking just ripping off fantasy points. So I won't say it's a bad pickup, but I do uh, imagine there's going to be plenty of days where the running back duo here does not score touchdowns or the one that you start does not score the touchdown kind of thing. I think it'll get messy. I think it will be plenty of days where Henderson gets 60 scoreless yards and it's kind of ugly. Um, but he's obviously a guy that you can throw into your flex spot because this Rams offense is producing. Puka went nuts. He looked fucking incredible. Uh, Tutu caught a lucky touchdown. I don't think it was for him. Cooper Cup dropped a couple balls to start this game, and it kind of just like threw him off equilibrium after that, and that's what I think can really account for the down game, but nothing to worry about there. Arizona-Seattle. So now we have um, Amari DiMarcado back to being the workhorse here, even though it ended up being kind of pointless. 13 for 58 on the ground, led the team in snaps and carries and targets in the backfield, all that kind of shit. Nothing really to take away from Arizona, but they've been they've been bad. It was a cute story to start the year, but they're 0-4 on the road now, 1-6 overall. Things are just taking a turn for down south. They're going straight to hell. On the flip side, Gino looked good at times. He looked bad at times. I think the biggest takeaway here was DK Metcalf was out for this one. Um which led to JSN getting on the field uh, as almost a full-time snap guy. And he did well with his targets, obviously, four for 63. Got in on a longer touchdown, 28 yards. Jake Bobo, the fucking truth. That guy's a beast. That guy's like Matt Collins, but but good. Like, make Matt Collins good, you have Jake Bobo. He made a, an incredible touchdown grab. Uh, Lockett, four for 38. Disappointing day. You'd think he'd have a big one without DK Metcalf. But Geno's game is kind of like ebbing and flowing, man. He's making some real shitty decisions against teams like the Cardinals, man. You hope better days are ahead. They play the Browns, really tough defense. They're at Baltimore after that. It does lighten up a little bit with Washington and then the Rams on the road. Um, But it's kind of ugly. Obviously, JSN, you've probably stashed him up this point. He's a dude that hopefully – here's the thing. I, th- I, f- I feel like – I think Pete Carroll came out today and said, "If um, they're they're not they're still not sure about DK Metcalf, I think they uh, he hasn't committed to him playing next week, so he might be out again. If that's the case, obviously you're starting JSN, you're starting Tyler Lockett, uh, you're not really starting Jake Bobo, but maybe. Let's actually check the snap counts here. Because coming out of the bye, they ran three more three wide receiver sets, which allowed JSN to get on the field a little bit more. And I'm wondering if they just stuck to that 
script with Jake Bobo. So obviously, yeah, they did. Wow. Okay. So, um, Tyler Lockett, 86% of the routes. JSN, 82. Jake Bobo, 86. So they ran three wide receiver sets really, really heavily. And I guess that's not that surprising because Zach Charbonnet was out. So they were probably going a little bit more pass heavy than they normally would. Kenneth Walker got 26 carries. But Jake Bobo, sneaky, sneaky full-time player. Sneaky, sneaky pickup possibly if you are desperate here, all right? So Jake Bobo, keep an eye out. Packers Broncos the Packers just look ugh. um so a couple things to take away Jordan Love obviously looked really really bad again I'm I'm not really sure what to make of him I'm glad we still have another 10 games in this when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Season to kind of make our minds up there, but it's not it's not trending in the right direction. Aaron Jones uh, also did not trend in the right direction. He looked great. He looked like really good and explosive back to his old self, but it was very, very clear that they kept him on a snap count and a pitch count there. So Jones will eventually get back to, you know, Aaron Jones. It just might take a little bit longer than we thought. Maybe he's on that like Jonathan Taylor treatment right now, but glad to see he got through the full game, looked like his old explosive self. I think Aaron Jones' better days are ahead of him. Christian Watson at the end of the game fucked his knee up. Now, I don't think we have word necessarily yet of his injury severity. Let me, uh, Search the Twitter machine right quick to see if we've got any hard updates. Christian Watstein. Hmm. Sorry, give me a sec. Yeah, I mean, he did something to his knee. From what I've heard, it could be anything from like a sprained MCL to an ACL. Obviously, that's on the much more severe side. Um, MCL sprain is usually a couple weeks of an injury, and you can get back to generally full strength. But he did not look good. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. He's also a dude who's suffered a lot of injuries to his knee. He has kind of weak knees at this point. So that's obviously not good to see. Uh, Romeo Dobbs would take a major step up. Jaden Reed would be uh, a really, really, you know, sexy waiver wire pickup if he was dropped again in your league if Christian Watson misses time because it really condenses down pretty much to uh Reed and Romeo Dobbs and a little bit of like Dontavian Wicks or some random guys like that in the lineup so Dobbs would shoot right back up Jaden Reed would be kind of sexy there as well Denver eh, nothing really to talk about here we'll have to wait until the trade deadline comes and passes to make any more proclamations yeah. Chargers Chiefs Justin Fraudbert back at it again. Uh, Josh Kelly just when Austin Eckler returns. Josh Kelly's back to being good again somehow. So 
give him give him the workhorse role. He's fucking terrible. But tell him he's the backup, and he's and then he's like, I want my job back. Makes me sick. Makes me sick. Austin Eckler, time's running out, buddy. Time's running out. Let's score some fantasy points, buddy. Let's make it happen. Uh, Josh Palmer looked fucking fantastic yesterday. Josh Palmer looked really good. So there's a lot of debate between like Palmer and Quentin Johnson. Who do you pick up? Whatever. Uh, looks like Palmer was clearly the answer here. Quentin Johnson still looks like a lost fucking puppy out there, man. He's not running full-time routes. He's not getting targeted. He ain't doing shit with the targets he is getting. Josh Palmer looks fantastic. So uh, Palmer is, is, I mean, it was a great matchup, obviously. You know, you're going against the Chiefs who score a 31-burger on you. They play the Bears next week. That's great. Jets are tough D. Lions tough D. Packers. Um, towards the stretch, though, they get the Broncos, the Raiders, Bills, Broncos. And the Bills' defense is not what it was. They have too many injuries over there. So they get a really nice stretch down the uh, down the playoff run there for you. So Josh Palmer looks like a, a really, really good pickup for those of you all that ended up grabbing him. On the flip side, Mahomes and Kelsey just made absolute magic. They just made beautiful, sexy magic in Kansas City yesterday. I think the biggest storyline here was, again, Rashi Rice continues to, to just escalate his game. Six targets in this one, five catches, 60 yards, scores the touchdown. He, he continues to start to, like, separate himself week by week by week. I still want to see those snap counts go up a little bit. They did they did jump up a little bit yesterday, I think, even more so. So we had MVS at 76%. Sky Moore jump up 61%. What the hell? Uh, but Rashi Rice, you can see here, routes, 27, 13, 51, 47, 23, 50, 65 yesterday. Let's get him up in that 70 to 75% range. Let's get him up there. And he's going to make magic. So for those of y'all that got Rashi Rice, I would feel very, very good about using him as like an every week flex play up to this point. He's going to have that second half of the year rookie dynamite. Miami and Philadelphia. Um, this was Sunday Night Football. Don't worry. We still got three games after this. We got Raiders Bears, Browns Colts, Bills Patriots. I think I just opened up the tabs in incorrect orders. That's okay. Dolphins struggled. You know, this is the second time that they've played an elite team and they've struggled against them. They got to start cooking up something else. Um, Tua looked okay. He tried to play a little bit too much uh, hero ball, I feel like, in this game. He was taking chances that might have worked against a shittier team, but Philly's just disciplined as a team, so that kind of shit doesn't work. Raheem Mostert, this was also kind of like an expected shitty game. Like, you're obviously starting him every single week because at any given point he can explode, but when they play against really tough run defenses – you know, guys like Mostert tend to struggle. So I think that's definitely something to keep in mind going forward. Waddle did get banged up in this game. Um, I think he hurt his back or something. He, he came back into the game, but I don't know if he really looked like himself. So keep an eye out for practice reports on Jalen Waddle, who's been pretty disappointing up to this point. Who does Miami play going forward? Uh, they got the Patriots next week, which should be an interesting game. Uh, they had a tight one in week two against them. Then they play the Chiefs, Raiders. Jets, Commanders, Titans. They've got a nice schedule going forward, man. Actually, that's a little tough right here, I guess. But over the next like, month or so, they've got some some huge bounce-back games uh, coming their way. On the flip side, Jalen Hurts continues to hurt the other team. A.J. Brown. Man, A.J. Brown is something else this year, man. Fifth straight game with 125-plus receiving yards. 15 targets. Sheesh. Um, nothing really to take away there, I guess. Julio's first game. Good to clap it up. Clap it up for the GOAT. Huge. 
Swift, 15 for 62. Didn't get in the end zone, 3 for 13 through the air. Kenneth Gainwell did kind of uh, vulture a touchdown there at the end of the game, but that is what it is. It's just going to come with the prowess of this offense. Dallas Goddard seems to be back to like that rock-solid mid to low end tight end one status that we thought he was going to be going into the year. Devontae Smith struggled a little bit, man. He struggled. He's not really lived up to it. Uh, I was, I was pretty high on him going into the year. He started off the year with a few good games in a row. At least week one, I think he had like 11 targets and he scored a touchdown. Like he, he was nice for the first couple of weeks, but he's really started to like disengage from the offense a bit. And it's really just taken over uh, AJ Brown's, kind of identity there so something to keep an eye on I'm still not like panicking on Devontae Smith but maybe I'm panicking a little bit hmm maybe he's a buy low maybe that's the way I'd look at it this is just a great offense that you kind of want to be attached to Raiders Bears I don't know what the fuck to say here this is disgusting um Brian Hoyer like what are we doing here why are we starting Brian Hoyer I don't understand like what is the purpose of Brian Hoyer Brian Hoyer might be the most purposeless player in the NFL. If I asked him to state his purpose, I don't think he could. He's like, I'm just a string of meat that stands on a sideline. I'm just a a fucking sausaged piece of meat that stands there and ruins people's days. He fucking ruined my day. I'll tell you that. Um... Just a shit day all around. It was kind of unfortunate we didn't see a Michael Mayer kind of uh, take over here. Austin Hooper played basically as many snaps as him, so maybe we need to pump the brakes on the Mayer breakout. But obviously better days are ahead. Hopefully Jimmy G will be back next week. If not, I'd like to see fucking Aiden O'Connell out there. What are we doing? Chicago. Tyson Bagent. Tyson is a Bagent? Bagent? Bagante? I don't know. I don't know. Um... So this man came out here and won the game. He won the game for him. Well, Deontay Foreman really won the game for him. But, like, listen, if you step on an NFL field, it's not fucking easy to win a game. You know who can't win a game? Brian fucking Hoyer's ass ain't winning games out here. Tyson Badgett, man, D2, undrafted guy, came out here and won for the Chicago Bears. Deontay Foreman makes me sick, brother. Like, I had a league that I started him in last week. And this is on me because, like, he still got a lot of touches. And then Roshan was out this week. I should have known he would have ended up being the workhorse again. But I didn't this week. And then he went off for three touchdowns. 16 for 89, two touchdowns on the ground. Three for 31 through the air. So we'll have to see what's going on with Roshan. But Roshan is still in concussion protocol. Every concussion is different. So I'm not trying to look into anything here being like oh it's way more serious than normal i don't know i don't really know how that shit works i'm only technically a doctor i'm only technically a doctor y'all know that you guys know I'm only technically a doctor so we won't get into the intricacies of roshan johnson's brain i won't do that to you on a monday morning on a monday afternoon but if he misses time if he misses more time deonta foreman feels like he's probably locked up the 1A role. I do think if Roshan's back, though, this probably turns into a committee, a real committee between them two. Roshan probably takes more passing work. Um, they've involved Darrington Evans, like, way too much already in this offense. He's gotten a lot of carries. Um, so the backfield's a little bit messy right now. Obviously, against the Raiders, they had some success here. They play the Chargers next week, which they could definitely have more success. Saints is tough, but then they play the Panthers again. And then maybe Khalil Herbert's back after that, but you can you can expect uh, I won't say you could expect production, but you could definitely expect touches from Deonta Foreman. 
regardless of Roshan Johnson's status. I do think, actually, Deonta Foreman might have gotten rolled up on at the end of the game. Am I making this up? I thought he got banged up a little bit. Maybe I'm making that up. I thought at the very end of the game he might have like twisted his ankle or something. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of a different running back. Uh, but if so, something to keep an eye on. Roshan maybe plays a little bit more, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, if Tyson Badgen continues to play, I think Justin Fields is probably out for another at least week. More likely two to three week range. This is the kind of stats you're probably going to expect with Badgen under center, though. Like DJ Moore, this is a very typical, like, I'm the best player on the field, so you got to target me a ton, but they're never going to be efficient targets because this is the guy throwing me the ball. Browns versus Colts, probably the game of the week. This shit was crazy. Uh, first takeaway we have quite a few injuries, I think, in this one. We got Deshaun Watson, who looked like le legitimately the worst quarterback of all time. He looked like Tyson Badgen. He looked like what we thought Tyson Badgett was going to look like. He came out here, threw a pick, then threw another pick that somehow barely got dropped, so it didn't register as a pick in the box score, but it was so bad. It was the worst fucking throw I've ever seen in my life. Watson is looks horrendous. So on that throw, on the second pick, he hit his head on the turf, so they took him out to put him into concussion protocol. Turns out he cleared it, did not have a concussion, but they did not put him back in the game. So Fancy came out after the game and said, um, I was just looking out for our franchise player, didn't want to put him back in. He didn't have a concussion, so I don't really know what he was looking out for. I think I think it was twofold. I think it was the fact that he was playing so terribly, and it was just like, okay, he's kind of banged up right now. Also, the shoulder, let's give him another like week to heal from that because he wasn't 100% from the shoulder yet either. So it was this confluence of, like, you look terrible. You're probably feeling terrible. You're just sitting out for the rest of the game right now. You have two picks in about fucking two minutes. So sit down, shut up, and let P.J. Walker win the game for us. Jerome Ford busted off a 69-yard touchdown run immediately. He also fucked up his ankle. From what I'm hearing, it's a high ankle sprain. Um, anywhere from two to four weeks, maybe put on the IR. Kareem Hunt was our number one waiver wire pickup of the week last week. So hopefully you got him. Luckily, you would have gotten him. He gets two touchdowns. He will probably take over as the one there. Pierre Strong did get a ton of work, though. Um, ton, I just mean relative to Kareem Hunt. So they split the backfield 10-8 to eight in terms of carries, but Kareem Hunt was there on the goal line. They trust him already. He knows the offense. So Kareem Hunt would be uh, a very, very good waiver wire pickup at this point. Deshaun Watson is said to be starting next week versus Seattle, so take that for, uh, for what it is. So he can go back to fucking doing whatever he does behind uh, the center over there if you want to call it playing quarterback. Down game for Amari Cooper. Eight targets, only two for 22. Um, he's still someone that you want to have in your lineups. But Kareem Hunt, you're playing, assuming Jerome Ford is out. Pierre Strong, I don't know. He doesn't really get any work in the in the passing game, and he's not really getting goal line work. So I don't know how much value he really has. Kareem Hunt feels like a really, really rock-solid like RB 18 to 24, like mid to low end RB2 right now, just being in this offense. Um Pierre Strong, I'd be much more, much more hesitant to play. On the flip side, Gardner Minshew pops off. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, 18 for 18 in the carries. But Jonathan Taylor is starting to uh, show why he's Jonathan Taylor. 
he starts to become the bully here. He's making plays. He's getting goal line carries and stuff. So he finally gets into the end zone. He has the bigger day. He goes three for 45 through the air. So, you know, we were uh, very much on the side of, a, you know, we're finally ready to start Jonathan Taylor, even in, in a bad matchup against Cleveland, which turned out obviously not to be a bad matchup. Ooh, excuse me. Um, so Taylor is obviously startable every single week. I still think Zach Moss is startable every single week too as a flex, especially when there's a bunch of guys on the bye weeks. 18 carries, two more targets. So he had 20 opportunities despite Jonathan Taylor going for a buck 20 and a touchdown. I think this offense is going to continue to go through their running backs who have been played really, really, really well. Their offensive line has played well. Uh, Quentin Nelson is back to playing really well from last year. So they're just a duo that I think you can trust. Michael Pittman does have the long touchdown at the end that kind of like broken tackles, whatever, 75 yards. So he saves his day. Josh Downs looks great again. Um, Downs has been just pretty fucking solid player all year. So he's probably owned in your league, but if not, he's the dude that you're targeting on the waiver wire. Bills, Pat, somehow the Bills lose to the fucking Patriots. Um, I, I, I don't really know what to say for this team. Kincaid kind of had his breakout, I guess, 8 for 75. Does that make me trust him? Absolutely fucking not. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 6 for 58, does his thing. James Cook finally had, like, a, a nice little game here. He went over 100 yards again, which he's done, you know, multiple times this year. I think he went for a buck 02. 16 touches, 102 total yards. Does get the score, which is big, obviously. Um, James Cook, is, to me, he's just kind of been in the same place. He's like, you, you attach him to Josh Allen, you attach him to a good offense. Now the pie has been dwindled a little bit to um, just him and Latavius Murray now that Damian Harris is out, and that makes him that much more valuable. So Cook's a guy I continue to roll out every single week. Won't score a lot of touchdowns, but he has a high floor, like yardage-wise, I think. Uh, what else do we have here? Someone else really to trust. Gabe Davis has a second down game in a row. I still start Gabe Davis in leagues that I have him in most likely. Right, He had four touchdowns in a row, and then he has two dud games in a row. But, like, that's, again, trying to predict consistency out of players in fantasy football is just a fool's fucking errand. You're a fool if you're doing it. You're an absolute, utter fucking moron and fool, and you should and I should kill you. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, but seriously, like Gabe Davis, you're not – you think he's going to score a touchdown every single week? You think he's going to end the season with 17 touchdowns? No, he'd be a first-round fucking pick if he was. So I still think Gabe Davis, again, attached to Josh Allen. Playing in Foxborough against the Patriots is always going to get fucking messy, and you can never really predict how the game is going to go. So he's still, you know, a solid wide receiver three for me going forward. On the flip side, Ramondre finally had, like, a decently good game, finally involved in the passing game like he was last year. Zeke did outcarry him and did get the score on the ground, 11-9. to But Ramondre, again, six targets, six catches, 51 yards. That's what we like to see. That's what we'd like to see the game plan be going forward. Use Ramondre. I don't care if he has fucking carries on the 40-yard line. Give him the targets. Let him rip through the air because you don't have other playmakers. Kendrick Bourne, though, looked pretty good. Six for 63 and a touchdown. It's his second week in a row scoring a touchdown, I believe. He's strung together some big games, but again, this happens every single year. Kendrick Bourne has like a game where he pops off and then everyone's like, oh, Kendrick Bourne's actually pretty good. And then he has like a one for 10 game and then he's bad again. So I'm not being fooled. He's definitely like usable. You could throw him into your flex play. Hard to trust him overall, but uh, you could do worse, especially in PPR leagues. He seems like he's kind of converged into the number one option for Mac Jones. And he's a, you know, he's a relatively good receiver. I think he can create separation. They'll have games like this, but more often than not, I'll probably give you like three for 40 kind of thing. So he's more flex play kind of guy. Let's see who we got on by for week eight. 
Nobody. We have a full slate of games. Zero buys in week eight. Week seven, we still have the Monday night game. We got the Niners. We got the Vikings. C-Mac is going to play. I still think if you're out there and you are depending on C-Mac, even though all signs are pointing towards him playing, I think if you're in a close game, worst case scenario, you probably still have a dude like Brandon Powell or like Jawan Jennings on the waiver wire. And I obviously, I even think like Jawan Jennings is not a terrible, terrible play given that Debo's out and Jawan is the clear wide receiver three there. I still would probably roster them just in case something happens pregame and they decide to sit him or he decides to sit out, whatever the case may be. Probably better off safe than sorry, but I do expect C-Mac to play. I think he will, for the most part, be you know 70 to 80% of his normal self. Let's do some underdog slips, actually. I, I ripped off a slip earlier today. Um, again, they've got free squares like all over the fucking place right now for you. They've got uh, LeBron James higher than 0.5 points tomorrow for opening day. I took that match with Brock Purdy, 15.35 fantasy points against the Minnesota defense. We ain't scared. The other one I really like is Brandon Ayuk higher than five receptions. Ayuk's been their one. Ayuk is their clear one. And with Debo out, I can't imagine he does not at least push this. Like, there, there ain't no way he's not getting at least five receptions. Okay? You got Debo out. You also have Trent Williams dealing with a high ankle sprain, which means George Kittle will probably be asked to block a little bit more. That's what's happening a lot. He's blocking on like 50% of their pass plays because they don't really need him to go out for passes because they've got guys like IU can see Mac and Trent Williams dealing with the injury. So this feels like an easy fucking lock square right here. Brandon Ayuk higher than five receptions. And then Kirk over 0.5. I just feel like they're probably going to – or 0.5 interceptions. I just feel like they're going to throw the ball a lot is a team that's going to get them under heavy pressure, which is going to lead to arid throws. I think San Francisco wins this game handedly, which means they're playing from behind and throwing a lot, right? And the more pass attempts Kirk Cousins has, the higher likelihood he is that he has to throw an interception. So we're going Kirk there, over 0.5 interceptions. Uh, let's see what else we got in the pick'em lobby here, though. And again, if you're new to underdog, if you're new to underdog, use promo code BDGE when you sign up for the very first time, and they are going to double whatever you deposit on the platform to play with. Plus, you'll get that free square for Brock Purdy tonight of 0.5 yards. 0.5 yards over. BDGE code. They'll hit you with that 100% deposit match. Link down below. All right. Let's see. Ooh, they got C-Mac at 95.5 total yards. Now, I think the public will be like, oh, he's banged up. He's going to get a limited workload. Let's take the lower and I think that's probably fish thinking, but I also think that number is a little bit too high for me to feel comfortable with. Ayuk, this is definitely my favorite play on this on the slate tonight. It's five receptions for Ayuk. Do they have a reception line? Ooh, C-Max at three and a half receptions. That I don't hate. What is he at? Three, two, seven. Not great, but uh, that I don't hate at all. Three and a half receptions to C-Max. One and a half field goals for what? What's the line on this game? So it's minus seven, 43 and a half over under. Is there weather concerns at all? Nope. So they're expecting how many points from San Francisco if they're seven-point favorites? 25. They're expecting about 25 points out of them. So 25 to 18. 25 and a half to 18 is what Vegas has the score written at. I think I like over one and a half field goals made for Jake Moody as well. He's someone who's made um, – 
more often than not, most of his field goals, maybe they're a little bit worse in the red zone because of C-Mac banged up a little bit and Debo out. I don't know. That that one that one I kind of like a little bit too. On Minnesota side. Hmm. Madison, 11 and a half rushing attempts. I don't hate that. I don't hate 11 and a half rushing attempts. Cam Akers, 15 and a half rushing yards. Yes. I like the lower there. I don't hate Jordan Addison. They got a 1.75x, a little spicy pep action there. Like 2x your slip value, pretty much. Don't hate that. Osborne, since Jefferson's went out, games of 49 yards and 48 yards, he's super involved in the offense. So the 39 and a half receiving yards, I don't hate either. Hockenstein, five and a half receptions seems low for him. I feel like he is continuously just like a 10 target guy. Brandon Powell, three and a half receptions. Does he like that? I think I'll take the lower there. I think he probably ends with three receptions. Hang. All right. Uh, we will cut it there. We will cut right there. That is the week seven recap. If you are listening via the podcast, you could drop us a rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the button that looks like this. Please subscribe to the channel if you're new. Go sign up to be a big dog member, bdge.co. Go sign up on underdog. Use promo code BDGE. And again, if you are interested in any either of the two job openings that we currently have inside of BDGE, I will link the application form down below. As soon as this video ends, wait five minutes, come back to it, refresh the page, and you will see it as the first line in the description. Uh, you can find out more information and apply for those jobs down below. If you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, you can go back to the beginning of the video. I think the first like five minutes or so, I talked about two job openings that we currently have internally. Um, that's it. I love y'all, and I'll see you for the waiver wire video tomorrow. Mwah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.